0: Welcome to the Team Member Perspective, where we talk about how to upgrade your thinking so you can write more policies, make those policies worth more, and have a bigger impact on those around you. What's up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Team Member Perspective podcast show. I'm your host, Coulter, and in today's episode, I want to give you a framework that I've created for myself to allow me to make things my own, right? We hear that talked about in our industry, especially when we're learning from different team members that are finding success or different agents in our space. They teach us something that's working for them. And a lot of the times we hear the advice of make it your own. And because we hear that a lot, I wanted to dive in a little bit about how exactly we can do that because I feel that, you know, we hear it talked about a lot, like you need to make this your own. But I don't know that we've ever really talked about how we can actually do that or how top performers, high producers, top performing agencies or team members do this. And so I wanted to talk about that because it's something that I feel like has allowed me to find consistency in this space, not only today, but will work tomorrow, the next day, next week, next month, and really just make this, you know, these things sustainable for me. And so in talking about making things your own i think in order for us to do that we need to understand the basic elements of a sales presentation or conversation with our customers okay meaning we're trying to help our customers buy the product that we're bringing up right and so this general framework will help you with every line of insurance with every sales plate or process to make it your own okay and so In order for us to know, you know, first we've got to learn a process or a play that's working for someone else, right? So now we have this process or play. I firmly believe that in order to truly make it your own and know how to, you know, find something that works best for you, you need to first run the play that that you're taught, right? Run it how it's set up. And, you know, me being in a, a position where, you know, we're running the team member perspective and, you know, I teach different team members and agencies the different sales plays that I run. I've broken them down into steps. So it's easily implementable, right? And so you get a sales play and you've got step one, step two, step three and so forth, right? I would suggest anytime that you learn something that is working for someone else, try it out, right? Because, you know, this is a concept that I learned and, and heard recently that the best way to study is to first go out and try to run, in this case, try to run the process. And then after that, go and study the process, right? Because then you have context to how the process runs normally, and you'll be able to figure out what pieces work really well for you, but also what pieces you're like, eh, you know, I like that, but I want to do it this way instead. And I think for you to know that you want to do it this way instead, you first need to run the process and play how it's set up. Okay, so that's the first step. Just run it and get experience with that so you can see and feel the experience, you know, actually running this play. And, you know, I think you do that enough times. Number one, it's proven to work. So if you're running it how it's set up, it should work. If they are, you know, a good, if it's a good sales process and, you know, the, the person teaching it is teaching you in a good way. Okay. But, you know, you, you do it over and over. Everyone's going to be a little bit different, right? You know, many of you listening to this, maybe you're introverts and small talk is hard for you. You find it hard to get to that friend to friend level and maybe the sales process you're learning is more built around being an extrovert, right? And so taking a proven process, you've got to understand yourself, right? You've got to understand what your strengths are and where you struggle so you can cater this proven play that's working and make it your own, right? Because I mean, think about it. If you're an introvert and you're running a play that a lot of extroverts are running, it's probably not going to last very long, right? Because it doesn't fit your style. So instead of just trying to force yourself to be an extrovert and run the play how extroverts run it, why don't you take bits and pieces and figure out how to make it your own and make it the style for you, an introvert, right? And so I think that's important. Now, how do we do that, right? I think first, so the first thing is just try the plays that are working for different team members and agents. And the second thing is cater it to your style, okay? Now, how do we do that? I think one of the first things that you, you know, it has helped me, I think is important to know, is this simple phrase of, you know, in order for you to control the conversation, okay? Because I think controlling the conversation positions you as a team member, as the expert, right? You have authority, it's your job. You should really think about, you know, controlling this conversation and leading your customer through each step of the sales process, guide them to what you're eventually wanting to sell, right? And help them, problem solve with them. You should be controlling the whole flow of this conversation. You should be leading them along, okay? Because it positions you as the expert. You come off as an authority figure who knows what they're doing, right? And people, we know that people will buy from those that they know, like, and trust, okay? So an easy way for people to trust you, in my personal opinion, is to control the conversation, lead them down the sales path, okay? And so in order for us right, to control the conversation, we first need to know the conversation. And so this simple framework, I feel will help you know the conversation with every sort of sales play or process that you're taught or that's thrown at you, okay? And you're gonna be able to figure out how to make this your own and I'm gonna get there, okay? But let's talk about the conversation itself. For me, I like to make things very, very simple because I think with simplicity comes consistency, right? It allows me to take action, consistent action to get the desired result, okay? So let's talk about the sales conversation. And this is the framework that I think through and I I like to apply it to every sales play or process that I'm taught, okay? So the conversation, the sales conversation for me is really broken into three main parts, okay? And each play their own purpose we're gonna talk about. It. The first part of every sales conversation is going to be your pitch, okay? Or in, in terms of insurance that you're probably used to, it's your pivot, okay? So it's when you first are transitioning, right? Or bringing up the product or service that you're going to bring up, okay? So you got your, your pitch, that's the first thing. The second thing is the presentation. Okay? so now that we've transitioned with the pitch, now it's time to present, right? And we're going to dive into what different things you should have in your sales presentation, but that's the second part of the sales conversation. And then the third part is your close. When you bring up what price, when you quote the actual product. And, you know, I feel that they should go in that order, right? Now, each of us are different. You're going to have to figure out what works for you, but I personally feel that going pitch, presentation, and close in that order is what makes the most logical sense because you can you know, educate and bring value to your product or service before you bring up price. I feel budget needs to come later. Price needs to come later, right? Because if you just go in with price, which I've heard in different situations, you know, team members do, especially let's say that their bill is going down. You want to call the customer and the first thing that you're wanting to tell them and You're excited is that their bills going down, right? And you know you can do that, but when you start with price, you're going to end with price. You're going to lose on price if you're getting the customer to focus on price from the beginning. So instead, if you know that their bills going down, for this example, why don't you call them and educate them around a potential gap that they have, right? Build value and then use whatever their bills going down that renewal as leverage to help them get a new coverage that's going to fill in a gap for them, right? And so pitch, presentation, close. Okay. So that's the that's the conversation really in its simplest form. Right. And so if you learn a sales process, break it down into the pitch, presentation, and close and make a few adjustments and make it your own. Right. And so that's how you can break down the sales conversation to figure out, you know, how you can personalize each step and customize it specific to you and your style. Okay. And so now let's go through each of these three main areas and break them down further so you can understand, you know, how I think this through, right? And I know I'm not perfect. I know there's people out there that are writing more insurance than me, but I've done really well for myself, right? I'm very consistent. I can write over 200 life insurance applications every single year. Um, guaranteed. I can do over hundred health insurance applications every single year guaranteed. And I've done that consistently over the past three years. Okay. And so I don't know everything, but I feel like I do know some things that have really helped me. And my hope is that you find some takeaways and implement them into what you're doing so you can get to that next level or get 1% better. Okay. So the first element of a sales conversation, the pitch, let's, or the pivot, let's break that down a little bit and talk about strategy with how we should be pitching or what, our pivot should include. Okay. And so in the multi-line space, specific to the multi-line space, you know, let's, let's think about our job and, and everything that we do throughout the day as team members, we are trying to sell auto insurance. We are trying to sell fire insurance. We're trying to sell life insurance, health insurance products, right? And we've got a couple of ways that we can do that inbound calls, people calling us, outbound calls us calling out right and there's also this element so we've got the sales but now we've also got this element of service right and so we've got people calling us to make payments to file claims to ask us questions about their account and their policies their coverages their you know their payments their discounts and you know many of us have an office and so you're going to be interrupted throughout the day with people you know coming into the office as well and so It's not just over the phone, but it's also in the office and we've got sales and we've got service. We've got a lot to manage, right? And so, you know, with your pitch, right, there are going to be multiple opportunities for you throughout the day to pivot to different products and services, right? Whether you're making an outbound call or you have an inbound call from someone that's making a payment and you want to bring up, say, life insurance, right? You're going to be pivoting, okay? And so we're pivoting a lot. I think... The first thing you should think about with your pivots is start to think about different opportunities, right? Recognizing different opportunities that you can create with your customers, right? Both inbound and outbound, right? Make two columns, right? Inbound and outbound and just start making a list of all of the opportunities that you can create for yourself, because I feel like you can be taught something that works really well for someone and many other people. But if you don't understand where to look and how to create opportunities, The sales player process isn't going to work as well for you as it could, right? And so, especially with the pivot too, right? If we're going back to the pivot, let's talk about the elements that our pivot should have, right? And maybe talk a little bit of strategy. So the way I like to think of things, and and guys, I think the better you can get at understanding your customers, more specifically getting down to how they think and how they feel, I think you're going to you're going to find that 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 gives you a lot of leverage in your conversation that allows you to cater something to someone specifically, because you know how they're thinking and what they're feeling. Okay. And so if we think about this, you've got a customer that's calling you to add a vehicle to their policy, right? First of all, let's understand that a little bit better. They're calling you. Okay. Which means they've taken time out of their day. They've set that side, that time aside. Okay. Which is huge. And so, They're calling you, which means they're probably going to listen to you because I love that, right? Whereas an outbound call, you know, we don't know if we're interrupting people's days. We probably are, right? We don't know if they're rushing out the door to go pick up their, their kids. Maybe they're leaving their flights about to take off. We don't know, right? So it's a gamble when we're making these outbound calls. And so I think knowing that you should be working your book of business as much as you can, right? Because there's not the hurdle of trying to get the customer to listen to you and, you know, hope that they have time to talk to you. We don't have that hurdle with an inbound call because we already know they're calling us. They set that aside, that time aside. And so take advantage of those things, right? Because if they've set that time aside, they're going to actually listen to you. And in my experience, if they actually listen to you, you can really help them see why this would be important for them. Okay. And so back to that example of a customer calling that has a car that they're, they're going to add a car. So let's think about this, right? The customer that's calling in to add a car, what's on their mind? What line of insurance is on their mind? Well, it's the car insurance, right? That's obvious. But us knowing that, I think we can kind of play off that a little bit. And instead of coming in and making a recommendation for life insurance that has nothing to do with the car, I think strategically we can keep life insurance complementary to the car insurance. And I think our customers will listen to us more right? I experience that every single day. It makes more sense for a customer to you know, get a life insurance policy if they're calling about their car, if we can keep that life insurance complimentary to the car. Because in the customer's mind, they're like, oh yeah, this is for my car insurance instead of, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm calling in about my car insurance, but Coulter is trying to talk to me about life insurance. Like, no, I'll do that a different day and I don't handle that here, right? I think you can kind of see what I mean and I've, I've experienced that, right? And so us knowing if they're calling us about the car, let's use the pivot and keep the pivot to life insurance complimentary to whatever they're calling you for, right? And so if someone's calling me to add a car and I know that it has a loan, well, I will use life insurance to pay off that loan, okay? So that's just a small example, but I think keeping the coverage that you're pitching complimentary to whatever they're calling you about, or whatever they have with you makes a lot of sense. It allows for a very natural and logical transition, something that's very smooth, which I think, you know, is good because our pivot generally, when we bring up the product or service, that's where we get a lot of resistance from our customers, right? That's a common place for objections, right? And so by doing this, by keeping the life complementary to the car in this situation, I think we're almost preventing an objection from happening in the first place. Right. And in my experience, I don't get a lot of objections because I try to make it the most logical sense for the customer and ride the wave of whatever they're calling me about. Right. Um, Because it's been a point of resistance in my conversation. And so with your pivot, I think number one, keep it complimentary to whatever they're calling you for, whatever they have with you. And number two, make that pivot and maybe you want to think of it in terms of a transition. doesn't matter, right? But make that pivot or your transition as natural, smooth and logical as possible. Okay. Because what that will do is it's going to set you up for a sales presentation, which is the second piece of this conversation, right? And this is where the selling happens, right? The sales presentation. And so let's talk about what the sales presentation should include, right? how are we going to be able to be persuasive and convince our customers um, that this is something that they pro- probably should think about and, and probably do, right? In order for us to educate our customers, I personally feel the sales presentation should have three main parts. Okay. Should have the problem. Customer needs to know what the problem is or needs to know that, Hey, there's a potential risk here. Okay. After the problem, they need to know the solution, right? Which is, Hey, I've got a coverage that can help you with this, okay? And then the third piece is that they need to know the benefits. i have heard the acronym, WIIFM, right? Live by WIIFM. It is so powerful. And that's what does the selling. What's in it for me? Talk to them about the benefits. Spend time with them on the benefits. Paint the picture, right? And so in the sales presentation, paint the picture for your customer, right? Help them experience what it would be like if they didn't have the coverage in place, what it would be like maybe for their family, for them. Right. And also help them experience what it would be like to have the coverage in place and the peace of mind that would come with that and all the other benefits that they would experience. Okay. And so, you know, if you can think about your sales presentation in that way and just really make sure that you're including problem solution benefits in every sales presentation that you do, you're going to be more convincing in your conversations, right? You're going to be able to help your customers actually see why life insurance would be important for them rather than just saying, Hey, we do life insurance. We recommend getting it right. There's not a lot of weight. There's not a lot of power in just saying, Hey, we do this and you probably should get it because you're just talking about the fact that you're talking about what life insurance is. You're, you're talking about the features that, Hey, we can get you this policy. Our customers don't actually understand what it does for them right maybe very superficially but you want to get a little deeper with them right and you can do that in your sales presentation okay so after the sales presentation after you've educated the customer on the problem that they face or the risk or gap the solution to that problem risk or gap and then the benefits to having the coverage in place and how their life would change you are now ready to move on to step number three of the sales conversation which is your clothes Okay. And again, thinking, you know, I would encourage each of you to really think about, you know, the sales presentation like this of different ways that you're talking to your customers about different products and services, different plays and processes that you're running and kind of analyze them a little bit, break them apart into the pitch presentation and the close and start to develop an awareness around where you're getting different objections from your customer, where resistance and friction can be in each part of the conversation, because once you can identify that, you can very well, you know, know how to approach it with different training, know how to actually get better, right? But until you know where you're getting that, it's, you know, training can be pretty ineffective in my opinion, right? So you need to develop awareness around what you're doing, what's working and what's not, right? And in this case, think about where you're normally getting friction or objections from your customers. For me, to the beginning with the pivot, Right, And I learned that early on, um, that any time my customers heard life insurance, they would immediately go to a decision in their mind, check off the box that they have in their head of, do I have it or not? And if they have it, even if it's just a small policy through work, I found that they would immediately you know, connect the dots, oh, life insurance, work. And no matter what I did, no matter how good I was at overcoming, the ob- uh, overcoming the objection, I just started to realize that my customers weren't actually listening to me. They would make the decision. Oh, I've got life insurance to work, check that box off. And here comes this wall that they put down between me and them. And no matter what I'm saying, it's not getting through to them because in their mind, they're good. They don't need to listen to me because they've already got that taken care of. Now, whether they have enough coverage or not, I've experienced the same thing. If They have something. It's very easy for them to just kind of tune you out. Okay. And so knowing that I, you know, for me to have known that I had to look back at my conversations, I had to really identify like, this is where I'm getting stuck, right? Because that's what I was pivoting. I was bringing up life insurance a lot, but my customers were, you know, immediately going to whatever they understood or knew about life insurance. And that's where my conversation ended. I could never actually get to a sales presentation where I helped them see the problem solution and benefits because they were stuck on the pitch. I was stuck on the pitch. They were stuck on what life insurance was, that they didn't need it, that we never could get to what it actually would do for them. And what it actually does for them is what sells, not your pitch, right? And so I identified that and I made adjustments, right? And for me, I started to leave the words life insurance out because I knew that was like a trigger word. It was a buzzword for people that when they'd hear it, they'd go to one of those objections in their mind, and that's where everything would end for me, right? So started to leave that out, started to talk more about what life insurance does for them. And boy, oh boy, I got into sales presentations where I could educate them, problem, the solutions and the benefits. And I started to write more policies, right? So that's the power that really have developing awareness, self-awareness around what, what you're doing, what's working, what's not, can have in what you do, right? And that's how you can really be intentional um, with training and what you're hearing being taught from different people in the industry, right? You need to develop that awareness. Okay. And once you have that awareness and you identified that, oh my gosh, my clothes, right. Is where I'm getting a lot of friction for my customers. Well, now we can be very intentional and talk about, and, you know, start to tweak the clothes a little bit. So it removes as much of that friction, as much of that sales pressure as possible. Okay. And side note, if you're getting a lot of friction in your clothes, it's maybe not an indication, you know, there could be a a, a few things that are happening with this, but number one, it could, it could mean that maybe your, your clothes isn't really strategic. Right. And, and maybe you're using words such as more or, you know, things like that, where people don't want to pay more. Maybe you're using different words in your clothes that are kind of, you know, preventing you actually closing policies and and putting up a wall for your customer that they have to climb over. Or instead of the close, maybe your sales presentation isn't as effective as you might think, right? Maybe it's an issue with your sales presentation where your customers really doesn't understand the problem solution benefits, right? So if you're getting friction at your close, it could be an indication that maybe you need to work on the close itself or your sales presentation right and so you know what i found guys is that breaking down sales conversations it's allowed me to apply this framework to you know a transactional conversation that i'm having with my customer or an in office hour-long appointment with my customer right and if it's transactional i'm gonna have to keep that very concise right i'm gonna have to you know figure out a pitch presentation and close that can happen in under a minute maybe you know, I'm having an appointment with a customer in the office. We have a lot of time, but still knowing I need to have a pitch presentation and a close it's where we can, we're going to have to, you know, structure that a little bit differently because we're going to be with them for a while, where we can go into more detail um, with that. Right. And so the point of this guys, I think, you know, if you can take this sales framework of a sales conversation and the pitch presentation and the close, and if you can just think through that and, you know, make it a goal to have all of those elements of the sales conversation. You can apply it in a transactional way or in an appointment to this process that you have already to this one that you're learning right now, and you can make it your own, right? You can, you know, say things in a different way, but it still has the bones, right? It still has the steps of the process that that work that are proven to work, but you've made a few adjustments that fit better with your style. I think that's so important, right? But in order to actually do this, guys, number one, you need to go out and try things that are working for other people. And you need to get experience with that. That's going to develop so much confidence in what you do and is going to allow you to make things your own and get into the production and the life that you actually want to have. All right. After you do that, you know, do a little self-analysis and diagnose different areas that aren't working the best for you, right? And make adjustments until you feel very comfortable with it, right? Because then what happens is it becomes sustainable. becomes something that you can use over and over and over and over again um, in an effective way that fits you and your style, okay? And understanding, knowing the conversation, right? The pitch, presentation and close and the elements and strategy behind each of those things will allow you to be extremely effective in what you're doing. And I guarantee you, you will close more policies than you ever have, and you won't feel like a salesperson, right? Because for me, when I get a new process and I'm following it, you know, step-by-step step, following the script verbatim, I feel like a robot, right? I feel like a salesperson, no matter how it's structured. And until I make it my own, I, I'll continue to feel that way. Right? And so that's what I've done. And it's allowed me to write financial services and really every line of insurance consistently at a high level. And if it's worked for me, there's things in here that I know will work for you, right? And again, whatever you find from me or for who, from whoever out there that has had success in this space, take bits and pieces and make it your own and watch what happens to your production. Watch what happens to your happiness, your fulfillment. Um, things change when you can strategically work like that. And, uh, and yeah, hope you guys had a few takeaways from this and uh, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Team Member Perspective Show. Please like, subscribe, and share if you found it valuable. To join our community, go to multilineinsurancepro.com forward slash group. And it would mean the world to me if you leave a review on the show.